Oh, starting off the episode with a bang. I can't think of any other way to start our annual holiday pregame. That's right. Than some beyond parody stories. Hit us third annual holiday pregame to remind you. Mm -hmm. Special thanks to everyone that's been with us the whole way. And a welcome for all the new listeners. If this is your first current modern holiday pregame, we're glad to have you here. I did go back and look. You were right. We did record two holiday pregames the first year. That's right. And then we just did one last year. So this is technically number four, but it's the third year we've done it. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that have have caught the previous three, you know, I... I love you non-parasocially as a very close, intimate friend. (laughs) And uh, I'm glad that we share this non-parasocial connection. But we rang the uh, the Beyond Parody bell. Because we've got, um, I think, three plus Beyond Parody stories to talk about. We've got a good bit. Yeah, uh, before we get into our holiday pregame episode. And I want to start with uh, the upcoming holiday, Thanksgiving. Okay, who who doesn't love giving thanks, giving back, having good food? Um, Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... You are all aware, I'm sure, of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Culture. Of course, right. Yeah, it's like an, it's an American thing. It's White a thing that happens White people have no year. culture? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this conservative group called One Million Moms, and they are oh, wow. seemingly committed to calling out the wokeness and the depravity of the parade this year. And they launched a petition regarding the, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Okay. And I figured I would just read a couple of excerpts. From the petition, so you guys can get an idea of what conservatives are thinking about this yeah. time of the year. What possible float could they be like up in <laughs> arms about this? To- oh no! This is this is the first paragraph I'm going to read to right. you guys from this petition. The non-binary and transgender extravaganza on display this Thanksgiving will be brought to you by Macy's during their annually sponsored Thanksgiving Day Parade. Unless they are forewarned about it, this year's holiday parade will potentially expose tens of millions of viewers at home to the liberal LGBTQ agenda. That's crazy. Now, I want you to take a guess. What do you think they're mad about? I I genuinely have no idea. Like, the only fucking floats that I, like, remember ever, every year, it's like fucking Baby Yoda and, like, Mm -hmm. Luffy. Or Goku. Okay. Like okay. sick ones, you know? See, it's not even a specific float that they're mad about. Oh, just the principal? They're angry about two individuals that will be a part of the parade this year. And I'm, I'm going to continue reading. Are there even individuals like part of the parade? Like just like driving through? I think they like sing as it, as it goes by. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Like the Broadway yeah, yeah, performances. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this is the, the second paragraph. Per- performances showcased in the parade will include music from two Broadway musicals and Juliet and Shucked both of which feature transgender and non-binary performers in major roles. That's it? This entire (laughs) petition is angry about there being a trans performer and there being a non-binary performer at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's it. You're telling me they're they're up in arms. One million moms are up in arms about just seeing a trans person and a non-binary person? Yeah. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like out of out of how many what hundreds or thousands of people that'll be a part of this parade that are a part of it every year you're mad about two individuals that'll be on screen for maybe 30 seconds probably maybe not even on screen really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe just there and besides do you actually sit down and watch the parade every year or do you right. just put it on in the background while you're preparing food and getting no. ready to argue with your family members that's exactly it it's like we've got we've got hundreds of thousands uh, we, we've got many homeless people in this country <laughs> yeah. we've got uh, tens of thousands of people that go without health care <laughs> In this country we've got 40 million plus people in student debt that they can't afford to pay back and we're worried about two lgbtq people being in the thanksgiving that Day you parade. can see just because you can yeah. see them not yeah. even like in are they even in prominent roles like are they getting up there and singing i think they're just doing whatever they're uh, just existing <laughs> yeah whatever they're part just... they're about they're a part of singing whatever part they're, they're a part existing of. in one section of this like hours long parade yeah that's too this much liberal indoctrination oh my god man and this petition's got thirty-eight thousand signatures 38 000. what happened to the one million moms yeah 
yeah, well. <laughs> what's what's going on with that? But I just I saw this new story and it just it blew me away that this is what conservatives are angry about heading into Thanksgiving. It's not that like some people won't be able to buy a fucking turkey to put on their table. Yeah. It's that uh there might be gay people on screen during a program that you don't really pay attention to. Man, that's so cool. Macy's Thanksgiving gay parade. <laughs> <laughs> However, okay, that's that's not where it ends, folks. Uh, well, that's where that story ends. But I have a, another Beyond Parody section. Yes, uh, and then we'll we actually have a, a couple more that we need to talk about. The first one, though, is regarding, or I guess the second one is regarding Elon Musk. Um, did you? I think you you might have seen some of this. I've, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces everywhere. I saw. Uh, I, I I won't spoil it, but I've seen anyway. a little bit of it. I know j- the gist. So we're talking about Elon Musk, and I have an insane set of tweets that I simply have to read to you all. Yes. So this first one is under a post that is basically saying something along the lines of, if you're posting under the guise of anonymity right now that Hitler was right, quote unquote, why don't you show your face and say it to me like a real man? Like oh, that kind of thing. Oh, it's a okay. sort of challenge, yeah. right? It's saying like, you know, you're being a bitch about it. If you really think Hitler was right, say it with your chest. Oh, uh, Did he get in the replies just with the hand up emoji? Just right here, <laughs> right here. <laughs> So this isn't Elon Musk. This is another person that's on Twitter. And they say this. They say, quote, okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dielectrical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding, that they support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want the truth said to your face. There it is. That's somebody. Somebody got on Jewish question. Said, if, you, if you think Hitler is right, go ahead and say it with your chest. And he did. And, and he did. On a public platform. Then, that <laughs> Elon Musk comes through under this post and he says, this is all he says. You have said the actual truth. So we've got Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, the person who controls, quote unquote, the town hall and free speech in the town hall, uh, openly Jewish question posting, right? Just just uh, just magnifying the reach literally as much as he could as the owner of the platform whose fucking tweets get pushed onto everyone's Mm -hmm. feed, magnifying the Jewish question. Yes, that's insane. Like, to be clear, to boil down what this first dude said, he said that the Jewish elite or the Jewish community is allowing non-whites to come into the country and genocide white people just that's the nazi argument great replacement like he's just doing great replacement he said yes and elon said yeah that's true actually yeah Yeah. and given current events he's like oh now you want now you want uh you want us white people to come save jewish people now that the same thing's happening to you you're a nazi if you think this that's (laughs) so crazy Every November, like yeah. we were talking about this before we started recording, every November the Hitler particles just come out of the air and it just, it, it takes people by storm. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand. And this line of um, argumentation is not different from what we saw Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson talking about recently. Oh, man. Tucker Carlson doesn't get as much attention as he used to, but they were speaking because Candace Owens being basically a Nazi mm-hmm. um, was... Um, Having some kind of argument with Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Yeah. Over some Daily Wire feud. Candace Owens said, you've been emotional over what's happening recently. I, I didn't and stuff quite like that. understand it, but I thought, like, as soon as, as soon as I saw the emotional line, I thought that she was coming at it from the angle where it's like, oh, you are Jewish. And yes. you're just well, being yeah. emotional in your support of Israel. And it's like, whoa. Well, and it's it's the same argument, right? It's saying, like, uh, Jewish people want us to support them now, but they've been flooding our country with non-white people to hurt white people in the United States, yeah. which is the Nazi argument. Yeah, white replacement, yeah. right? Right. Uh, and then Candace Owens found um, 
I guess, support with Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson was literally just talking about white genocide on his program. Yeah. And Candace Owens was like, yeah, that, I absolutely agree. So, Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Hitler That's particles crazy. going and crazy. I think they, was it with Tucker or was it with Charlie Kirk where she got on and she talked about, yeah, now all these Jewish people are withdrawing funding from universities. Like, you funded the, the, the halls of academia yeah. and their genocide of white people. You wanted this to happen and now you expect help? Yeah. No, it's God. just it's, it's Nazi shit. It's almost one for one exactly what Nazis said back in the 1930s of course but we got elon musk just a nazi posting that's, that's which is quite beyond parody and then i think he got on yesterday he lost uh huge sponsors because of this i think yeah was that ibm ibm apple and a bunch of other companies oh, apple, withdrew too? apple withdrew apple withdrew like what like, biggest company in the world yeah that's like capitalism the company right yeah, <laughs> so. the, the figurehead right there yeah. and he, i think he was panicking or something he got on and he posted if you're posting from the river to the sea that is a blatant call for the genocide of jewish people it necessarily imp- <laughs> oh he said if you're posting from the river to the sea or anything about decolonizing israel that necessarily is a call for genocide because what else could decolonize mean except get rid of all the jews and and it's like one you just retweeted shit that's basically get rid of all the jews mm-hmm. and two people say decolonize america like all the fucking time also it is telling that he thinks that calls for decolonization necessarily threaten white people yeah it's like decolonization is an effort to not to to ensure marginalized groups are no longer placed under apartheid conditions oppressive conditions discriminatory conditions it's not usually never saying kill all white people yeah and it's not they just fucking take over everything all the time and now the other people are the minorities yeah i mean there's like factions among uh decolonization movements that of course would want to just flip the script oh yeah but by and large saying decolonization or being pro decolonization is being pro freedom and to Mm -hmm. say that uh decolonization necessarily threatens white people is uh Nazi adjacent, I'd say. I'm saying, and one of the funniest parts about that tweet from Elon isn't like necessarily the tweet itself. It was a reply from some fucking guy, like yeah. right under his post. I'm, I'm gonna assume, I, I'm gonna assume it was a Jewish guy because he got on and he said, "Oh, thank you so much for like speaking out about this." Blah blah blah. Sure. Nobody should be able to go out and like genocide post. Elon must reply to him and said, "Yes, this is so true." But then I looked at those replies, and Homeboy was genocide posting. <laughs> Homeboy on his Twitter said, "We need to burn down Gaza right now." <laughs> It's so it's asymmetrical. Cr- Cryboly and crocodile <laughs> tears. Come it's, on. It's so crazy to see like the anti-Semitism <laughs> and the Islamophobia just duking it out in their heads. Oh my God, like, I they, know. They can't decide which they want to be. They got to pick a side. But they just keep going back and forth because they hate both groups equally. It's so perfect. Speaking of people, uh, I guess, being on the uh, on the wrong side of things or not, I guess, being able to parse through information, have mm-hmm. any media literacy. I swear to God, the uh, online left is never going to be able to come back oh, no, from we're these last two weeks. Um, the, the most recent fiasco I've seen going around TikTok that I think is just genuinely concerning mm-hmm. is people getting on their their accounts talking about how um, a certain guy will call him Mr. Fucking Terrorist, Mr. 9-11, Osama bin Laden himself. Uh, They're talking about reading his letter to America that he published in 2002 after the 9-11 attacks, basically condemning uh, American imperialism and calling for jihad and doing other bad extremist things, saying that that brought fucking tears to their eyes. What is wrong with you? I don't want to say rallying behind it, but like getting behind the message of it, they're like, yeah, like he made some really good points in there. One, Osama (laughs) 
Osama bin Laden did not make a point against American imperialism that, I don't know, other academics who didn't kill 2,000 people mm-hmm. and do the terrorist attack, like, ever. Yeah. Uh, happened. Billions of other people have made those points. You go to journalists, authors, academics, and you can find everything that he's saying. Why are you rallying behind it when it's Mr. Terrorist? Mm-hmm. And not when it's, like, in the news. Not when yeah. JSTOR publishes their articles about millions of civilians dead in the Middle East. This is why I had had the gut reaction that, like, whoever started this is just a fucking fed. There's no way any actual leftist, maybe I'm just coping here, but there's no way any actual leftist arrived to that conclusion. And it wasn't just a federal agent that wants to like throw a wrench in the works as they've been known to do. Well, it's like, I I think it's just a symptom of people on the uh, ostensibly on the left, just also being reactionaries (laughs) because uh, a good portion, I read a little bit of it this morning. I read like a good bit of the beginning, skimmed through the rest. A good portion of the, first part of the letter is talking about how America is is talking about what goes on in Palestine and how mm-hmm. America funds like Israel's harsh treatment of people in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and it's framed around kind of that conflict for a little bit and I think that's what has got people in mm-hmm. because they're taking the popularity of not popularity but what's happening at the genocide in Gaza and they're saying oh yeah Osama bin Laden was talking about but this like, a while we, ago we been knew this yeah, I'm uh, saying he, other people namely not people that were Osama bin Laden it, were saying the same thing and, back then and that's the point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like that's the point we've certainly been saying this yeah. for, for like what Two years now? Yeah. For at least the span of three annual holiday pregame episodes. Precisely. But, oh my God, that's crazy. And it's also... I, I just don't like the the framing and the rhetoric behind um, just picking apart the good parts of something that Osama bin Laden said. Mm-hmm. This is one of those guys that you could just never get behind. Yeah. Like no, no matter what he says is right, you can never get behind if you want to be taken seriously, broadly by the public. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he said anything novel, except he continues to go on and say that AIDS was a, a disease brought by Satan to get gay people to rid the country of sexual immorality. Yeah. Like, you guys deserved AIDS because of your sexual immorality. That's a wild thing to say, dog. That's a wild thing to not mention when you're oh co-signing his letter. Speaking of Hitler particles, holy oh, moly, dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. If, if you're a leftist that is um, genuinely posting about Osama bin Laden's letter being, like, elucidating or something, I, I don't know what to tell you, dog. Yeah. Uh, go outside. Th- just look at journal. Read a book. Mm-hmm. P- pick up a book. Go to the library and peruse. <laughs> and it's not like uh, anything Osama bin Laden has to say about Palestine is anything new to the left. Right. Like, yeah. again, we we've been saying this. None of this is new information or new analysis that uh, someone who targeted intentionally innocent civilians is going to be able to tell and you who justified that targeting of innocent civilians in his letter mm-hmm. in the beginning of his letter. I know you fucking saw it where he said, oh, everyone who votes in America is complicit in everything that goes on because you can change it. I don't know about I don't know if this is your very first episode about Hitto, of Hitto, but last episode we had an extensive conversation yeah. about that and the moral culpability behind voting. I won't get back into it, but that is wholly entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. How um, American soldiers come from American civilians, so you're all complicit, yeah. and a bunch of other reasons to say why no American civilian should be treated as a civilian, and then at the end a blatant call for to like martyrdom. Yeah, he said and- we are a nation that is willing to die more than you want to live. Like whoa. Also, it's like, that's collective punishment, which is not dissimilar to what Israel is doing right now. Like, it's the same logic behind it. And if you think the logic is wrong when Israel does it, as it is, then you got to apply that elsewhere. Let's be consistent, please. Uh, Especially when we're talking about genocide. I don't know. Things that matter. 
yeah, what another Beyond Parody section right there. That's that's what Can't I'm saying. It. But I, I do believe we have one more story, uh, one more very fun thing that yeah. happened in the halls of power. This one is less related to genocide. Uh, actually, isn't related to genocide at all, which is cool. Exactly. Nothing to do with Hitler in and this one. I'm, I'm sure you all already saw this, but there was... Um, a, a a fight that almost broke out in a Senate committee hearing. So cool. Basically, Bernie Sanders runs the Senate Labor Committee or whatever it's called. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact name. And they had the president of Teamsters come in. Cool yep. guy, right? You know, union president. That's right. And apparently there's a senator from Oklahoma. His name is Mark Wayne Mullen. Mark Wayne is, is his first name. Okay. No hyphenation. It's just Mark just Wayne. Mark Wayne. Mark Wayne. No space, no yeah, hyphenation, nothing. Mark Wayne. Oh my crazy God. name. All right, yeah, sure. And he uh, he was, he apparently got angry that the Teamsters president, um, O'Brien, I don't remember his first name, posted about him on Twitter saying that he's months like- Months ago. Months ago, saying that he's like a small man and like I can, I could take you in a fight anytime, place. Yeah. Mark Wayne Mullen brings this up in Congress he and says- in, He invited him to this hearing. Yeah. And he's like, you want to go right now? And then he's like, the president of Teamsters is like, yeah, I, I, sure. And then he's like, stand up then. And bro, st- Mark Wayne Mullen stands and then up. The Teamsters guy said, no, you stand up first. Clearly fucking baited him into it. And he took it. He yeah. bit like a silly little fish. He got up and he goes, uh, it starts rolling his sleeves up, going to take his ring off. And Bernie's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, bro? how insecure do you got to be? You're a United States senator. One of the most powerful people in uh, the world. You have your hands on the levers of power. Like, you you don't got to challenge a Teamsters president to a fight. Also, at the same time, it's like, why would you ever challenge the Teamsters union to anything? You know what they do to people? <laughs> <laughs> You know what they've like, done to people? Kind of why unions can get a bad name sometimes now. Like, historically, you know, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be picking a fight with the union. You know what I'm saying? A good union president is one that does corruption. <laughs> like, I'm not. A good union president's one that breaks knees when he has to. I'm, just, like, I'm just, just saying. It's just absolutely fucking insane. And then I think he tried to, like, schedule an actual fight. Like, he's fucking Jake Paul mm-hmm. and trying to do an influencer boxing match with this fu- with this guy. Yeah. Like, dog, you are a senator. This is so embarrassing. Uh-huh. So incredibly embarrassing. I saw Mark Wayne Mullen had an interview, Um, uh, I guess, like, a, a post-match interview, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> yeah. where he was like, you know, this isn't a new thing. Um, previous political figures would challenge others to fights in the Hall of Congress before, and the person he cited was andrew jackson it's like andrew jackson one of the most evil people in u.s history that's the guy that you're like i want to be just like him <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with you and it's like i'm i'm frankly i'm all for fights in congress like i'm all yeah. for senators this is great keyword senators plural mm-hmm. duking it out don't invite some civilian on to a committee hearing and then try to fight them right then and there mm-hmm. like that it is hilarious. It's so beyond parody. And and the uh, the Teamsters president just walked him right into it too. It was perfect. Uh-huh. He was just like, yeah, fine, let's do it right such now. A, such an insecure man. Yeah. Such an insecure man. But this has been uh, beyond parody with Hitto. Yes, it has. I think it's time to get into the episode. One hundred percent. I hope you're all ready to gobble, gobble, gobble it up in this third annual holiday pregame because it's, That's right. frankly, it's it's time to get into it. Welcome back to another show, another week, another um, hour and a half, maybe, with your uh, two of your favorite boys on the left. It's another sit- uh, it's another certified Hitto original. That's right. It's another holiday pregame episode, part four. And once again, just like the last couple that we've done, we are going to prepare you with all the arguments you'll need to survive the holidays this season, whether you're celebrating Thanksgiving or any other holiday. And whether or not you're a patron, because while I let, let, let me remind you that patrons get this episode on Sunday. That's right. 
So they get a couple days to warm up the takes, to yeah. practice in the mirror, to get ready. You know, really, the fight's already started. Exactly. You should be preparing it's, now. It's always going. Yeah. But for the rest <laughs> of you, the regular Wednesday weenies, as you've dubbed yourselves, um, you still have Wednesday night to prepare because we, we're coming out on Thanksgiving Exactly. Eve. You know, we call this holiday pregame, but really the holidays have already begun. And if you're not preparing before the actual fight starts, the exactly. literal contest of intellectual willpower, exactly. then you're you're just not going to win. It's like the Hunger Games. All it's all a part of the some, game. Sometimes relatives come in the night before you know you got you got flights going in mm-hmm. the, the the fight starts now don't be caught off you. guard I, i'm <laughs> urging you to not be caught off guard uh and our, our patrons they're just going to be even more prepared but if you have to listen on wednesday you'll still be prepared with all the arguments you need to deal with people that's on right. thursday friday and for the rest of the and year that's okay and there are plenty of other ways that you can support us completely for free like right. uh following us on social media uh youtube instagram twitter that's tiktok right. i'm sure y'all came from tiktok anyway or leaving a five-star review on Apple, trying mm-hmm. to get us on that new and noteworthy so we can uh, grow the message, you know what I'm saying? That's right. So today, because every five-star review we read, we have a couple here. We do have a few. You, you, you all have listened to my pleas and my cries two weeks ago, and we'll start with The Best Way to Keep Yourself from Insanity by Elora uh, Borealis mm-hmm. OO. There might not be a more universal experience for young leftists than feeling like an anomaly in U.S. politics between the corny liberals and the insane Republicans. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I felt for me, how it felt for me living in a pretty red area, the Unita Mountains. Jeremy and Gage allow you to laugh and poke fun at the circus going on and keeps you from going absolutely crazy. They also inspire me to be a better leftist and advocate even more if if that just means keeping my little brothers from getting sucked down the YouTube all mm. shorts right wing pipeline, can't that's imagine. that's a very real form of praxis right there. I can't can't stress YouTube that enough. YouTube shorts is crazy. YouTube shorts is nuts. YouTube maybe it's a little better than it was before, but that's just cesspool, mm-hmm. cesspool. Thank you for all you do, and I can't wait to keep listening and recommending this pod to anyone who might be interested or, in equal measure, might be upset at me for trying to indoctrinate them into leftist politics. Much love, even if it is. Parasocial, it's social. It's not. It's, it's straight up social. <laughs> real and social. Yeah. Our next review here by A Brook eighty two. Join the Hitto woke mob today. They say I've been looking for a place to talk with other leftists, as most places on in online in the online spaces are almost allergic to politics. Luckily, after finding these boys, I've found my people. Not only do these two provide wonderful insight on the week to week news stories and how dreadful they can be, but the Discord server they have is running. They have running. Oh yeah, is such a fun and lovely place to hang out, even when times are rough, as they have been. As they have, they have This is uh, more of a Hitto Discord ad than it is a Hitto review, but can you blame me? P.S. Join the Sunday Sermon so you can join the cool club in the server as well. That's right. Join the Sunday Sermon oh for God. the low, low cost of just $5 a month early access to episodes. That's right. Come on now. It's it's a great deal, especially this week of all weeks. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, my goodness. The best goodness. week to do it. Really. Well, even though you will have heard this after, but you can prepare for next year. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the game. Because <laughs> you, you bet we'll keep it going. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but this, oh my God, lest we not remind you that this will be the last holiday pregame before the general election. That's true. Uh, the last Thanksgiving holiday pregame for general yeah. election. It's crazy times we live it's in. It's coming up quick. <laughs> you better get ready now. Let me let me tell you this next review. My experience with Jeremy and Gage by Grunkle Ford. I was sitting in the theater watching The Sound of Freedom <laughs> and I was quietly eating some beans, keeping to myself like normal. When halfway through the movie, Gage and Jeremy came and sat in the same aisle as me, oh, a shit. few seats away. 
I notice them, and my hands got cold. My brow starts to sweat. I can't even focus on the movie. I knew I had to put my beans away. I slowly bent over, mm. trying to place my beans on the floor, out of sight, behind my Hillary 2016 <laughs> tote bag that contained 47 more cans of beans. I set the open can on the floor, but I was too reckless. The bag toppled over, and the 47 cans of beans rolled onto the floor. I turned and tried to run out of there, but it was too late. They saw... In deep, booming voices, Gage and Jeremy yelled, This lib eating beans! Everyone started laughing. I fell to the floor, defeated. I started weeping. Never have I been so embarrassed. Five stars. This might be the first Hitto fanfic ever created. That's a good one. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. And uh, I see you said 47 cans of beans right after your Hillary 2016 tote bag. Maybe this is a hint that Hillary Clinton will be the 47th president of the United oh, States. Let's go. Right she, after Joe She'll Biden. come through and swoop the nomination. <laughs> That's right. Our next review, Good Lefties listen to Hitto by Jar Jar Binks sucks balls. They say Hitto is great, no bad takes, all good times. Really enjoy the conversation. Nice to hear from fellow lefties about current affairs. Would pay $6,000 to the Patreon again to monitor each other's online habits via Covenant Eyes. Maybe that's a Christmas present for whoa, us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Serious inquiries only, please. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> whoa, whoa, now, whoa, now. Don't disrespect Don't us. Don't get my hopes up. This last review, number one geopolitical podcast for a reason by JustB96. I first listened to this podcast a couple months ago, and it instantly became instantly. my favorite for politics. A lot of political podcasts are dry, dense, and lack enthusiasm. But Hitto, to echo other reviewers, is a breath of fresh air. As a borderline millennial Gen Z, I love hearing politics being talked about in our language, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. Something that I really appreciate is that you guys will give a quick background on topics before diving in instead of assuming the listener already has extensive knowledge on the subject. Mm -hmm. And you don't rely on jargon to get your points across. I just joined the discord and if money wasn't tight i would have i would already be a patron still waiting on my check from george soros for protesting in 2020 too, aren't bro. we all Me too, bro. <laughs> next week i'm doing a presentation on the importance of honest journalism and staying informed and i'm putting together a list of my favorite news sources not sure if i can announce the name of this one in front of my professor <laughs> but i'll let my classmates know about it keep up the good work whoa 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 like head come come head on in the office you exactly know what I'm yeah head into the office that's or what it's always meant metaphorically head in the office like your head is in the space of thinking about politics that's right my head space is there my mind palace is mm -hmm. my my head's in there and it's the oval office like that's that's like, what the name means your significant other is like honey why aren't you paying attention to the movie sorry my head's just in the office right now <laughs> exactly. I, you're just not present 100 i don't it know, doesn't mean anything else i don't know what else you guys could think it means i'm trying to scrub the image here yeah <laughs> and if any future employer sees this, that's exactly what we've always meant. Uh, that's never been always been the attention. It's an unfortunate coincidence that people online have taken such a such a cool and clever name and bastardized it. That's right. That's and right. And that's where I've always stood and always will stand. And before we get in to our official holiday pregame coverage with some news interspersed, of course. Of course. One final announcement. Yes. Another way you can support the show and support yourself, your family members, your significant others is go over and buy some Hitto merch. That's right. It's if a you, season of giving. If you use code pregame15 the day oh. this episode comes out, Wednesday. Oh. You'll be able to get 15% off your purchase That's right. of our uh, Hitto March. Get yourself a t-shirt, get yourself some stickers, a hat. If you missed the merch drop initially, it's the it's a perfect time to you uh, to, to get something 15% off in our out. store. Get a little discounts. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come mm -hmm. on. It's the perfect time. Uh, Black Friday, get your uh, get a family member a gift for for Christmas exactly. or whatever holiday you are celebrating coming up in December. So spread spread the good word. About. I got I got the t-shirt on right now. I he got does. the number one. If you're watching the YouTube right now, look at this bad boy. Number 
number one geopolitics podcast, baby. I wear it like every other and day. Frankly, with the amount, uh, the volume of geopolitics we've been talking about recently, we you, you think those are flying off the shelf. <laughs> I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, we should be sold out of those. So get in pregame 15. Uh, link is in the description. The deal will be starting on Wednesday That's when this right. episode airs. I think it's time to get into the holiday pregame. 100%. It is the time of year. When families engage in a lot of political arguments, Mm -hmm. political arguments really imminent, uh, especially if your family has a lot of hot takes and perhaps is intellectually diverse. Exactly. You may have a a lot of things to talk about. Many families are. Many families are. You know, you'll be confusingly called both a communist and a fascist at the same time while trying to debunk your uncle's pro-fascism arguments. And standing firmly firmly on the left, you might you might face attacks from all sides. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Um, but uh, as always with our holiday pregame episodes, we've got you covered. And I think the first thing we can start off talking about is Israel-Palestine. There's no more auspicious topic to <laughs> begin this year's episode with than the current genocide in Gaza. Let's be real. Um, obviously, this, this, this news story will not die down by the time we get to Thanksgiving or any <laughs> other holidays, I would assume. It's probably going to be an enduring news story. I don't know that your family will necessarily bring this up. A I lot think of so. people, you think See, so? Con- yeah, I, I don't know if it's controversially, but I, I do think so. I think okay. this will be a, th- even if you're not political, I think this will be a Thanksgiving Day topic. Perhaps I'm biased, but I, uh, or perhaps I'm uh, my, uh, my view here is tainted by my experience with my own family, but yeah. I feel like they wouldn't bring up something this geopolitical, but maybe your families will. I don't know. I don't, I feel like, I feel like it's penetrated. Mm-hmm. Like it's penetrated through two domestic politics. Okay. Like we have every Senator like rallying behind it. Usually when some, like what's the last big geopolitical thing we talked about? Like Ukraine. Afghanistan. Well, yeah, Ukraine. Like Afghanistan Ukraine, was a big I, one. Though. I guess like that one was kind of big, but that's not like dinner table big, but this one you've got every Senator actively propagandizing for the genocider. Like, come That's on. That's true. Now. I guess um, I, I struggle to think that, like, families would bring this up, specifically conservative family members, because they're oddly in agreement with Biden here, or should be, <laughs> if they're being consistent, right? Because Biden's doing everything a conservative president would, yeah. if not a little bit less than, like, Donald Trump would, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, like what they would have to critique, but we've covered this topic extensively the last five episodes or so. Yeah. So if you want to get our full in-depth comprehensive take, go ahead and listen to those episodes before you get to the dinner table. But we can cover the, uh, the basics of what you might see and offer mm-hmm. some fair, simple counter arguments you can use to prove yourself intellectually superior. Exactly. Some sharp, dashing bits of rhetoric you can launch at your opponents. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say the first thing to focus on if you've got an especially Zionist uncle is to talk about how disproportional, uh, how disproportionate Israel's response here is and how it's always insanely disproportionate, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen more than 11,000 Palestinians die at this point. Mostly innocent people. I think, like, what, 60 of them have been confirmed Hamas members? Oh, it's, it's something so low. If, if the goal is to out Hamas and to get back at Hamas, it's clear clearly not working and a third of people that have died have been children obviously they couldn't have done anything to mm-hmm. be at fault for what's happened and it's also what's what's the point of absolutely carpet bombing the service when we know they have kilometers on kilometers of tunnels mm-hmm. like that rival the Viet Congs, and you know everyone knows how that <laughs> conflict went yeah exactly uh you could also focus on the fact that israel slash the idf slash netanyahu has had a hand in funding and promoting hamas over more peaceful palestinian political leadership decades ago uh of course israel by continuing apartheid and horrible, unstable conditions uh, continues to indirectly promote Hamas to this day because if Palestinians have no hope for a better future, they're going to resort to violence and Hamas gains more Mm -hmm. political power. But they have previously had a direct hand 
yeah. in ensuring Hamas gains political power. Um, so you can't really say that Israel has tried that hard to get rid of Hamas in the past. Exactly. It's not all they their fault. They actually loved Hamas in the past. Yeah. Like back back behind the scenes, they loved to give them money and prop them up so that they could get in front of any uh, growing peace efforts. Another way to tackle it, I think, is just to frame it like, what would you do? Like if they yeah. have children, what would you do if someone came through? Every, every guy like this has some insane, like, propensity towards uh hyper violence and has hyper violent fantasies mm-hmm. that they love to project onto like their children if anything happens to them you know what i mean it's like those those fucking dads that are like when my daughter gets a gets her first boyfriend i'm gonna sit him down with my fucking gun yeah and make sure he doesn't do anything because they secretly just fantasize about being able Doing to just violence do violence against someone and they love to project that onto like protecting someone yeah. else however fucked up that is just you you use that honestly mm-hmm. frame it in a situation it's like okay what if something happened to your family maybe maybe they don't love you but they love other members of the family what if something happened to them what would you do yeah. you would want to get them and you, you would recognize that hey getting them is where it should stop although i still think that's wrong you shouldn't go and say burn down their entire neighborhood just for being associated with them <laughs> yeah because it's kind of what we have going on here if someone wrongs you you can't go and wrong their entire neighborhood yeah anyone who's ever been associated with them especially say if that neighborhood's a gated community but not in the traditional sense where uh-huh. uh only people who live there can get in it's where only people who live there can't get out yeah that'd yeah. be pretty bad i think <laughs> yeah it's a reverse gated community it's a reverse gated community <laughs> it's an open air prison <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think appealing to people's basic empathy here is probably the right move. This obviously wouldn't work with like a Republican politician because they're all demons detached from their humanity. Oh, yeah. They are not in touch with their feelings. They are no longer human. Uh, but your conservative family member is probably still a human being. Exactly. You know I mean? they, they probably, probably just have a couple a bad opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's so. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, just, just point out, you know, children are dying. This is obviously not the correct response. It's obviously not even the uh, effective response. And you could also point out, like, they're doing a similar thing that the United States did after 9-11, and that clearly wasn't effective. I don't think anyone will go to bat for, like, the Iraq war anymore Oh, or, that's, or the way we handled Afghanistan. That's what I was about to say. And if they're not some crazy hyper-Zionist, right, if they're just, like, I don't know, a regular, like, center center-right guy, someone who's, like— may have supported bush in the past but not anymore just tell them what about the iraq war mm-hmm. everyone in america pretty much recognizes that that was a disproportionate response that was a mistake hit him on that how is this any different than the war on terror just on a smaller scale yeah yeah it's all you it's all your you family member really might have been in the iraq war exactly. depending on how old they are right? <laughs> yeah or that would be crazy they may have been in uh wars of the past like the vietnam war where america did horrible things for really no reason and it also didn't work out it, it didn't people recognize that we shouldn't have done that yeah. really uh the history of conflicts like these is you shouldn't have done that yeah you shouldn't have responded that way another thing that i would think would be important to bring up say if they bring out how hamas has control over gaza they're the government in gaza that they were elected what was it 15 years ago uh or it no. was in 2005 or 6 so and it wasn't by a majority it was by a plurality vote yeah like 18 years ago yeah elected by a plurality 40 percent of gaza's population is less than 15 yeah 40 percent of the current population hasn't even been alive since hamas took power and, yeah they couldn't have voted for him right? how can you possibly blame three thousand kids that died that never even had a chance to get out there and yeah. i don't know do an election be a part of an election you know even even if the population was 
was a little bit older in Gaza and say, you know, say half the population was alive to elect Hamas, say half the population did elect Hamas. Yeah. Uh, are we on some Osama bin Laden shit saying that you are accountable for everything your elected leaders do? I'm saying. I don't think so. Or do we recognize, again, the complex sociological machinations that would make people, oppressed peoples, mm-hmm. want to rally behind the only leader that could give them a semblance of a fighting chance against a blatant genocidal oppressor? It's also worthy to note that there haven't been any other elections in Gaza uh, since they then. stopped. <laughs> there hasn't been a chance to elect anybody new. And also at the time, from reports that I've seen, Hamas was much more moderate back then, or at least they moderated their rhetoric a lot mm-hmm. more back then uh, than they do compared to everything that's happening now. So uh, all of these factors combined, you can't blame the people of Gaza for what's happening. They are the victims here. Yeah unequivocally and also this one might be a bit too cerebral but you can also use our take all of our takes open access you know you can (laughs) use them however you need to uh but you could use the take again might be a bit too heady that uh nobody gets to have an ethno state because this kind of shit always happens oh my god if you try to enforce an ethno state if you try to um take part in an ethno state project it's always going to result in this kind of insane amount of violence Mm -hmm. towards marginalized groups because you're trying to uh if not just kick them out of their land uh kill all of them Yes, I I would also like to just preface uh, this and pretty much everything else that we're going to talk about here. I think the worst thing that a leftist can do in an interpersonal argument is be smug and throw around like hoity-toity academic terms. Just whatever you do, avoid that because as soon as you start throwing (laughs) out those triggers, you you are never going to get your point across. As soon as you start being smug, it is just going to feed into anyone's like preconceived notions of blue-haired leftist because it's... That that's strong. Yeah. Gamergate uh, I was, has strong cultural imprints. Yeah, I was gonna bring this up when we got to like the LGBTQ portion of this episode, but I think that's a it's a good point. It's a good idea just for like everything that you could talk about. Yeah, it's a good rhetorical um, strategy to just project confidence. Don't be smug. Engage with them, and if you have to, if you if you ever feel like you don't know what they're trying to get at, or you don't know what your counter argument should be, use the Socratic method: uh-huh. poke and prod, ask questions, engage in internal critique rather than bringing up views of your own until you recognize the kind of argument that they're trying to make, and then you can impose your axioms, you can impose your ideology, yes. and prove why it's superior. It's mostly just, just stay calm. Just stay calm, numb it down. Yeah. If you're trying to talk about the West Bank, don't drop settler colonialism. I don't think that <laughs> one's going to do do too much for someone. Right. They who's need like to know what you're Zionist. saying to win. Start with uh, some motherfucker from Long Island kicked out a Palestinian family, and the IDF backed him up. Yeah. That, that's that's a better place to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to more arguments you might encounter, I do want to zero in on some news that I yeah. thought was really good, <laughs> and it's just a typical thing you'd find in a in a good classic hitto episode that's right and More i do yeah. beyond parody <laughs> my mind with that one so we've all seen israel's insane propaganda from fake hamas hospital recordings that yes. were clearly fake to the ai voldemort images <laughs> that we've covered uh but there's two specific pieces of agitprop that i want to zero in on right now and they're good. Yeah. The first one is Israel claimed that they're preparing for Hamas to launch fentanyl-packed <laughs> rockets at them. This was initially reported by Breitbart News, which immediately is a hit to credibility. Absolutely. Can't trust what you see from Breitbart. But it's just like, that one's for us. But it's, it's for us. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because it's so obviously designed to appeal to, like, white suburban America and scare them. 100%. The fent-packed rockets. <laughs> And it's like, like obviously, this is nonsense. This is not going to happen, but it, it's designed to appeal to a Western audience. It, it couldn't as, even work. As, not yeah, even possible. Because weapons ex- experts have said, like, if you put fentanyl or other drugs into a rocket, it would just be vaporized. And just 
you put anything in a rocket and it's gonna get vaporized. It doesn't By even design. doesn't even make sense. And also, like, it's for us. Didn't isn't the IDF like responsible for training some like police forces in America? I have no idea. Probably isn't there some <laughs> shit like that where like police forces have worked with the IDF? Either way, this is the most cop coded thing. Spillover. This is the most cop coded thing that the IDF has ever done. Like that is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not where it ends though. This next one gets any, even more insane. The second one is. The official Israel Twitter account tweeted out that they found an Arabic translated version of Mein Kampf in a children's room in Gaza used by Hamas as a quote unquote terrorism hub. (laughs) (laughs) The copy of Mein Kampf, mind you, is annotated with sticky notes and highlighter and is in pristine condition. Pristine condition in this this room that they like, oh my God, it's crazy. And it's like, one, how do you know that kid wasn't reading the copy of Mein Kampf (laughs) and shaking their head? How are they not like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're shaking their head, reading Mein Kampf in the children's room, looking at the other kids like, Uh this is bad. Mouth like, this is bad. Yeah. I don't like this at all. No, 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 no. It's just so funny. Like, this is so obviously fake. Like, it's the type of shit that we would make up to make fun of Israel. Like, oh, we just had to bomb this family home because we found a copy of Mein Kampf in their house. I don't even think I could have made that one up. And I don't even think I can make up a situation that's like worse than that. To, to do hyperbole because mm-hmm. this it's like it's worse as it gets hamas is using a children's room as a hub for terrorism come on <laughs> come on brother yeah, <laughs> there, there's a lot to unpack here first right they're implicitly implying that this justifies them bombing places where children obviously are going to be because it could be hamas hq yeah you, you don't yeah, know of course and then two it implies that hamas uh those dudes are just like actual nazis right as if mein kampf is this all-inclusive guide to anti-semitism <laughs> i promise uh hit Hitler didn't think very highly of Arabs. I, I promise he did not think that Muslims were very good either. And it's also like, what do they think? They, yeah, this this person just completely uh, per, in perfect Arabic annotated and highlighted this copy of Mein Kampf. What are they, liberals now? What are, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We got a fucking they're, academic they're st- in Gaza. <laughs> studying this copy of Mein Kampf? Come on, man. It's just so ridiculous. Like, Mein Kampf is very Germany-centered. You yeah. know? Like, it's yeah. not talking about anywhere else. In the, it's very, like, Aryan race, Germany-centered. <laughs> the idea that they, that they want us to believe that some Hamas dude is just, or a child was just reading Mein Kampf. Well, or some Hamas guy was storing it in a, in a fake children's room just so mm-hmm. that there was plausible deniability, you know? <sighs> just like how that one Hamas guy got on the phone with some other dude and was like, yeah, I can take literally any ambulance that I want (laughs) to go and transport these weapons. It's so ridiculous. So if you you encounter any arguments trying to establish legitimacy for the assault on Gaza from the state of uh, by the state of Israel, you can just point to these propaganda pieces. (laughs) It's so much fucking like you there's I'm never going to believe that this is a real thing. And it's it's also you it could be real. It could be 100% I still would not believe you. This is this is fucking insane. Like it is it is way beyond reality. Life is better than art, honestly. <laughs> oh my God, man. Yeah, I don't know if I could have came up with something like that. It's just so ridiculous. Like, has Israel never done propaganda before? And it's like, yeah. They're that, so that's bad at it. Whoever they got behind that Twitter account, uh-huh. insane. Mm-hmm. Gotta be just absolutely batshit crazy. Oh my goodness. Dude. We could do better propaganda. Yeah. We yeah. could. 
Hamas is going to launch Fent rockets at us, uh, and they're reading Mein Kampf in children's rooms. That's right. So and we have to they're respond. They're also probably going to traffic those Fent rockets to the southern border <laughs> when they come under the uh, the border tunnels that get, semi trucks can get through. Oh my! Well, they have they have experience building tunnels. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's Guys, just all lumped. built the tunnels <laughs> under the southern border. It's just all lumped into one narrative. It's almost perfect. It's a really good storytelling. <laughs> Anyways, IDF propaganda is really bad. They're not very good at this. I, I don't know if you'll see any. I mean, Gage seems convinced that you might see some IDF propaganda at the dinner table. I don't know. I don't, we'll maybe, see. maybe maybe not the IDF propaganda, but I do think that if 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 you're in a family where you've got like some political people, that shit's coming up. Mm. That shit's 100% coming up. You know, I could see them bring up in relation to immigration that like, yeah, now Hamas guys are coming in. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I could see like a, a misguided, stupid conservative uncle or grandmother or something bring something yeah. like that up. Cause that's like directly in line with all the conservative narratives that already exist. But you, you, you don't think that the, the conflict in general, people aren't going to talk about it. I just feel like, I mean, maybe it just seems so hard to, me to argue about something like that when it's like dog kids are dying you know what i mean but i guess there are there's tons of american conservatives that think israel's right people are so far just removed from the conflict that they can talk about it uh babies hitto's first disagreement right here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this is the, the first of many riffs to come <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm, yeah in this episode right now i'm standing on business with this one <laughs> sound off in the comments <laughs> yeah I, I can't fucking be here anymore first disagreement i'm out of here uh moving on moving on i think we should talk about lgbtq issues uh, one, uh the, dramatic probably one of the next biggest issues of this year yeah yeah uh we have seen a little bit less of it recently since the the start of this attack in october from uh well the start of when hamas did the terrorist attack and then israel responded with you know massacring a bunch mm -hmm. of innocent mm -hmm. people yeah the only thing i've really heard about i guess lgbt issues outside of the stuff that we've covered are conservatives commenting under gay people's posts in support of uh palestine not mm -hmm. hamas in support of the palestinian people saying wow why why don't you go over there then? <laughs> Why don't you go over there? See how they like you. <laughs> you know, Hamas is actually pretty homophobic. Uh, thanks so much. That's You're so helpful. You're adding a lot to the conversation, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been a while since we've talked about this kind of thing, uh, but homophobia, transphobia, et cetera, is something that is alive and well in conservative ideology, especially conservative ideologies in the United States. Oh, yeah. So imagine you're at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Okay. And you have a conservative family member that mm -hmm. hits you with, the left doesn't even know what a woman is. Oh, that's that's a good one. What what do you, how do you respond? How how do, how do I yeah. respond personally? Yeah, I, see see I I think I think a great way to respond is a way that I've seen uh this week uh some I saw a video this week of someone um confronting Ben Shapiro at mm -hmm. a college campus. Usually I think those are like wholly unproductive it's a bad idea and you're not going to get anything you're not going to say anything novel but i think that this person did i can't remember their name but essentially what they did is they got on that stage and they asked ben shapiro they said uh the definition of what a mother is has been mm -hmm. expanded throughout history to include adoptive mothers mm -hmm. and what the, and basically asking if they accept that definition or not do you, do you accept that definition Jeremy? you kind of have to you, you, they're, you they're have mothers to. still right because no one in their right mind would go out there and if someone is referring to an adoptive mom as a mom 
would say, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That's not your biological mom. And this way of framing the conversation still leaves room to include biological mothers mm-hmm. and adoptive mothers under the umbrella category that is a mother. Yeah. We we all recognize this. Society recognizes this. We recognize that the definition has, one, we recognize the definition has shifted and expanded to include mm-hmm. this new category of a mother who isn't the same as a biological mother, but fulfills the social role of mother. Why can't we do that for a trans person? Exactly. Yeah. Why do we have to sit there and hide behind the the bioessentialism that is no 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 yeah. you can't be a woman unless you have girl you can't you're not a girl unless you have girl parts. Well, yeah, and and the idea here is like if we can take words like mother and change them over time, and if they clearly mean something beyond just literally giving birth, yeah, and we apply that logic to woman, an idea that has also socially changed over time, then why can't we be inclusive of the people included in this group? Exactly, and that way of framing it provides right there in the question that there is historical precedence for a shift like this. Yes. So why can't there be another shift right now? But by by accepting a trans person or a trans woman, for example, under the general umbrella category that is womanhood, you are not degrading biological women. Mm-hmm. It's just they coexist. Cis women and trans women can coexist yeah. both as women. People recognize everyone. Everyone recognizes that they are different categories. Yeah. What, just like they do for adoptive mothers and biological mothers. An adoptive mother does not degrade a biological mother simply by existing. Yeah, That's it's, not how that works. Well, I mean, importantly, it's an adjective, right? Like there's tall women, there's short women, exactly. they're both women. There's yeah. cis women, there's trans women, they're both women. It's just the uh, descriptor word that goes in front of woman that describes what kind of woman it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really no different. But and if you, you're also not walking around going to adopt, you're being, oh, no, you're not a mom, you're an adoptive <laughs> mom. Yeah, nobody does that. No, 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 you, you adopted that child if you find yourself in this situation especially this applies to everything but if you're if you're a member of the lgbtq or if you're even a trans person and you find yourself in this situation don't feel the need to engage Mm -hmm. right this applies to everything else we'll talk about if you feel like emotionally or or personally at risk when you're talking about these topics you don't ever have to engage in the argument oh, yeah of course not this is just for the love of the game this is yeah this is if you want to fight <laughs> yeah. uh, and we encourage fighting <laughs> if you want to do it go for it right so if you find yourself in this situation stay calm uh and this is one of those that i really encourage you to engage in the socratic method right because the simple argument from us is always going to be that a woman is someone who identifies with a woman always it's the self-id model and there are people that are going to argue that it's circular and therefore nonsensical but gender as a concept itself is is nonsensical because it refers to all of these social expectations and behaviors that are very tenuously, if at mm. all, associated with your actual sex characteristics. And our idea is that, and obviously we didn't come up with this, but the self-ID model is the only one that's actually going to include in the category woman, everyone that should be included in the category yes. woman. Because if you refer to chromosomes or gametes or sex organs or anything else, the list goes on, you're going to end up with a definition of a category that excludes somebody, right? Because mm-hmm. if your definition is uh, a woman is uh, people with XX chromosomes, anyone without XX chromosomes is a man. Uh, what about women with one X chromosome or three or mm-hmm. women with X and Y, but you would identify them as a woman, right? You're never going to find a definition of the word woman that doesn't exclude somebody unless you allow it to be a category that people opt into much like uh american right yeah like is being an american just being a u.s citizen or is there something more social and cultural that we associate with the idea of american that you have to opt into mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's it's really that simple. We do this with all kinds of other things. Religion. Uh, how do you know when somebody's a whore, for example? <laughs> like what what biological basis is there behind a word like that? No, yeah. you, you opt into it, right? It's a set of social roles and expectations that we associate with the word that have changed dramatically over time. And we shouldn't be exclusive just to call out one group individually. And it's also this is always going to devolve into the uh, well, you're just denying biology. You're literally not denying biology. Yeah. As someone with a biochemistry degree who's taken extensively bio extensive biology coursework, who knows biologists, no biologist worth their salt is gonna get out worth their weight in salt is gonna get out there and say that a uh, trans woman, oh yeah, that they're absolutely getting out there and denying biology. Any bio modern correct biology textbook is going to make the distinction between mm -hmm. gender as a social category as a sociological phenomenon and sex and even when they're making that distinction they will make sure to highlight how sex is not just xx and xy there are more chromosome combinations yes. that are possible than that like jeremy mentioned some people have xxy some people have different combinations of chromosomes i think there's like five of them just because they're more rare doesn't mean that they are getting out here and that they're uh, accepting to the rule mm -hmm. they happen and they should be recognized yeah. as happening i think there is like some there's a famous uh uh track athlete she was a girl who ran and she was really fucking good and they she was so good this is way in like the 50s or okay. something that they tested her testosterone levels they came back high and it turned out she had undescended testes like, mm -hmm. that's it. She had, like, everything. She was assigned female at birth. She had female sex organs. She just also happened to have undescended testicles. Mm -hmm. What do you do in that situation if you're yep. taking gender as this rigid binary? Because then it's, like, by, by all accounts of the word, all accounts of your definition, that's a girl. Yeah. You interact with her as a girl. But then you're going to back this out once you find out that one piece of information that you really shouldn't have been privy to anyway and say, oh, no, that's a fucking dude. Yeah. Nah, that, boy, boy. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is like beyond the self-ID model, beyond biology itself, uh, how the fuck am I going to know what exactly. your gender is unless you tell me, right? Exactly. Like, there's, am I going to check? Am I going to like run tests on every person I meet so I know what pronouns to use for them because I like, have this rigid concept of what gender is supposed to be? No, I'm going to call you whatever you want me to call you. Even people that try to do that, are like always wrong like people who try <laughs> yeah. to launch these transvestigations they always do it against like these celebrities they're yeah. just wrong yeah every single time because it's it's not like that like you can't you can't go around and be like oh yeah this is a distinctly male eyebrow ridge therefore they must have had transition surgery uh very early into life to get mm -hmm. rid of this to appear as such a woman or you know some people are just women and women look different and men also look different from other men and there aren't these super hyper rigid characteristics that they have to fit into to to have been these yes yeah and it's faulty to think so and importantly right when we're talking about all of this it limits the scope of human freedom to just stick us into these binary categories every mm -hmm. scientist on the planet knows that the world is so much more interesting than how you can define it yeah there's so much more going on than categories we can ever build to describe the things that are going on so why not just let people be who they want to be let's maximize freedom and recognize them as who they say that they are because it's that simple we're pro-freedom and yes. they're not but i mean if we want to talk about this i guess we're gonna to have to go into the uh the next bit of the argument well adults can do whatever they want but what about little kids what about all oh, these yeah. little kids that are uh that, that want to have these uh bottom surgeries at age five yeah that's a that's an argument you'll see basically all the time uh when it comes to gender affirming care it's important to note that 
it's a very rare thing for children or it's a very it's a gender affirming care itself is a rare thing for an individual of any age yeah. group to ever engage in right trans people one percent of the u.s population we're talking about a very small select group of people but still a notable group of people right we want to mm-hmm. um we want to allow for access to all healthcare methods to everybody that needs them but when we're talking about gender affirming care uh, especially in children we know statistically that it saves lives by lowering mm-hmm. suicidality rates. And importantly, gender affirming care for kids is usually never surgical or biological. Yes. There's very few cases where it ever is, and they're usually close to 18 anyways. But for the vast majority of the already small group that engages as gender in gender affirming care uh, before they're 18, it's usually just therapy and behavioral assistance to make them more comfortable in who they actually are. And even then, there's an incredibly low regret rate for people mm-hmm. that engage in gender affirming care as minors and people that usually uh, and commonly people that do desist or detransition as right wingers like to imply it's often because of social ridicule yep. or they don't have the funding to continue it. It's usually never because uh, they regret what they're doing or they were indoctrinated into it. Or of the people who genuinely detransition because they're just they realize that it just wasn't for them. That's also like their choice too. And they don't regret it. They don't say I was pressured into this. They don't get out there and do the grifter thing. Like the three people Matt Walsh was able to find. They just think, Oh yeah, you know, I did this. I thought that was me. It wasn't me. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's that's how that is. And importantly, uh, right wingers will be like, okay, that's all fine, but it's being pushed upon children today. It's not. No, it's, it's legitimately not. You may be able to, in a country of 300 and what? 50 million. Yeah. 350 million people. You could find a teacher. That's like, I'm going to tell kids that they're trans for the vast majority. Majority of teachers and people in this country, they are just saying that if you are trans, if you feel like you want to go by she, her rather than he, him, I'm going to respect that and I'll try to get you the help that you need. And it's if, as simple as that. If God forbid the person you're arguing with is a Matt Walsh fan and they've seen what is a woman. <laughs> Jail time. <laughs> Jail Jail time. Yeah, maybe disengage in general. <laughs> but if they're engaging with uh, or ushering forth Matt Walsh adjacent rhetoric by saying, oh, what about the medical transition industry? All you need to do is get out there and say literally every medical industry is for profit. (laughs) There is a profit incentive behind hip replacements, which have a higher regret rate than transition surgeries, fucking hip replacements, knee replacements, uh, organ transplants, literally everything. Every medical procedure in this country will make money for somebody. There's a financial incentive to push all of those things. It is not unique to transition care. Mm -hmm. And if it is being pushed maliciously, it is not more unique to transition care or more malicious to uh, gender affirming care than it is for hip replacements and knee replacements. That's let's think and like unironic a funny thing that i've been seeing conservatives do lately is be like uh trying to fear monger about trans people and using gender affirming care engaging in trans surgery stuff like that transition surgeries and then they'll just show images of like a trans person happy with themselves (laughs) (laughs) i know you're talking about the prager you documentary right (laughs) yeah like unironically i feel like that's a point for our side if they're just showing videos of like trans people saying like yeah i'm happier than i've ever been i feel more comfortable in my own skin than ever before in my life life i feel like that's um that's that's one point for the left on that one it's like they think it's some dystopian thing but it's like you're looking at a person engaging in joy and saying (laughs) no this is wrong yeah someone's like i feel actually very comfortable with who i am now i'm in a loving relationship and i have great relationships with my family now that i understand who i am and i can live who i am it is so funny because that that doc it's a prager you documentary about detransitioning one of the detransitioners that they fucking found one of like the couple that want to do that and then grift for the anti-trans movement movement was somebody who went through conversion therapy 
yeah. and then detransitioned because of the conversion therapy. And like, like dog, like you're dog. a victim. Dog, <laughs> you're a victim. You, you want to talk about grooming and manipulation here? Let's talk about it. Yeah, and if if they really want to hammer home your family members about like the detransitioners, and you know, because if they watch Fox News a bunch, they they see detransitioners all the time, and they may think that they they represent a larger portion of the LGBTQ community than they really do. Uh, yeah. All you really got to say is like we can't like it, it to the extent that there are people who legitimately regret doing some form of gender affirming care you can't stop people from making all mistakes ever right yeah we know that uh, gender affirming care the model that we have in this country works really well there's a really low regret rate but for those that do regret it like that sucks but like that's just par for the course when it comes to medicine in general yeah and like i said some people genuinely they do it they regret it and then they go back and they get on with their lives and like that wasn't for me yeah and, then, and they're valid too but it's yeah. like they are a very small portion of an already small portion of the population god damn it's it's crazy and it's like just just speaking to the the whole idea that this all boils down to if a if a kid sees someone being gay they're going to be gay nobody thinks about kids engaging in nefarious sexual acts more than libertarians and these anti-gay conservatives like i, I swear to god <laughs> yeah. i swear to god yeah it's a crazy obsession <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess we could we could move on to the homophobic news real quick. Yes, um, it's it's been kind of a minute. Transphobia is the big one that you'll encounter when talking about LGBTQ topics, but you may catch a a, a stray homophobic uncle come through with like, you know what, gay people should not allowed be allowed to be married. Oh shit, he, he, a Ken Paxton type uncle who gets yeah. on there and sodomy laws, put him back on the book. Yeah, I mean the, that's a lot less common nowadays, which is a good thing. <laughs> Uh, but you still might encounter it. Obviously, the easy uh, debunk argument there is just that, like, I'm pro-freedom. I want everyone to have access to the same stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, no reason we should discriminate, even if that's what your book tells you that yeah. you study, your religious text. But that's that's a whole nother. If you're engaging someone who is who is taking this wholly on the back of that's what that's what the Bible says or that's what my religious text says, you ought to just fucking disengage with that conversation. There, it's not logical at that yeah, point. Unless, unless you're you're doing this to, I don't know, sharpen your rhetorical ability, there's no way you're you're gonna get good faith <laughs> engagement out of them. Yeah, no, you can't right, yeah, we're in like the um we're we're in the fanfic realm. We're operating in La La yeah. Land. None of it's real at that point <laughs> if we're trying to talk if we're trying to have logical conversations about what's right in society. But uh to build off the um the, the homophobic arguments. I do have a piece of news that we can run through. Okay. This is a very uh, standard hitto kind of story. When I Man, saw this story, there's a, there's a lot of them going. When on. I saw the story, I thought this is a this is this is really just like perfect 2022 hitto right here. Yeah, it's certified hitto class. Everything that we do. So Tennessee, okay. Tennessee is a state that is not known for its progressive politics, mm -mm -mm. to say the least. Well, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, a city of about 150,000. The city council recently passed an ordinance in June of this year that bans, quote, indecent behavior in public and, quote, indecent materials in places like public libraries. Hmm. You can see where I'm going with this. Hmm. You, you can imagine exactly what they're trying to do. I here. wonder. Now, this ordinance that they passed linked back to an old sexual conduct clause from the 70s in their city laws that says, and I quote, okay. sexual conduct means the acts of masturbation homosexuality, sexual intercourse, or physical contact with a person's clothed or unclothed genitals. To be clear, this law explicitly says that being gay in public is inherently sexual and therefore wrong according to the city's laws. <laughs> like, there's there's no real ambiguous nature here. It's exactly what it says. And it's like, let's be real. How, the, how do you define being gay in public? 
Because right. I'm sure the people who wrote this law had a very different idea of what being gay in public was. Is wearing women's clothing gay? Is yeah. going out and like I don't know, whole, hugging your bro gay? <laughs> yeah, like Where the gay end? accusations are going to start flying left and right. So city officials in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, recently used the June ordinance that was kind of passed under the noses of everybody. Nobody really talked about it until yeah. now because they started using it. But they recently used the June ordinance and the older law that I just referenced to ban a bunch of LGBTQ plus books from the public Naturally. library. This was a couple weeks back. And to be clear, the city council said no indecent materials defined indecent as being gay and then banned LGBTQ books, right? That's like this completely unambiguous action here. What the fuck? Fortunately, though, this ordinance was amended. Uh, being gay was removed from what's considered illegal public sexual conduct. <laughs> but this, nice. is, this is, this is oh, right. Like that's the nice. standard. This is only after um, immense pressure from groups like the ACLU and other organizations that are like, hey, yo, this is crazy. Like you c- cannot do this. Yeah, yeah. But under the, the June ordinance, the city council can still argue that LGBTQ plus books are indecent so they just reestablish the euphemism but, right like it, obviously this is all just to target lgbtq people yes yes but wouldn't this necessarily also mean you can't depict sexual intercourse in any way shape or form yeah see that's what you would think but i uh, again i think the the point you brought up initially is that it's just to target lgbtq people yeah but right? I, maybe maybe we could get some malicious compliance just going like, on and um, get anything with sex in it just removed right i mean but it's like uh sodomy laws technically banned blowjobs but you're never going to see yeah. a straight person going to jail over committing sodomy yeah. they're only designed to target the minority group but they have to have the guise of being equally applied otherwise it's clearly authoritarian it's like how how embarrassing that you're this was a city council yes your city council tried to just slip this through yeah. like who is representing y'all and that's why i started off by saying like tennessee is already not a progressive state yeah. but to just blatantly engage in banning books using a law from the 70s that says yeah being gay is explicitly sexual and then banning lgbtq books using that as the justification is especially dystopian and it's like it is is this popular is I don't this know. Popular even amongst conservatives. I know you have those like conservative, those like uh, gays against groomers, the gay mm-hmm. conservative grifters that get on there and like say, "Oh yeah, I I totally agree. I'll just do everything ever in private." Mm-hmm. But like, is this actually popular with the general like, American public? I think it's hard to tell. I think on their face, like book bans are obviously again Nazi particles. Uh-huh. It's like the f- feature of this episode: Nazi particles, Hitler particles, Hitler particles. Um, book bans themselves, I don't think are popular. Again, this is happening through like the free speech crowd, conservatives. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They they seem like the conservative conquest in the mainstream has been against LGBTQ people subtly beforehand, but now explicitly for mm-hmm. quite a while. I don't know that it matters if this sells over with conservative voters because I don't think they're going to do anything to like out their or oust their conservative city council yeah. members. You know what no, I mean? No, absolutely. Not. I just I just wonder if like if Roe v. Wade wasn't overturned, how would this type of rhetoric have panned out in the twenty twenty three midterms, uh, twenty two midterms, and like the twenty three special elections and mm-hmm. off year elections? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What what I just wonder like what that would have done. That's a good question, because in a lot of ways, uh, Dobbs kind of saved Joe Biden's ass. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And oh, Democrats yeah. largely, because um, giving giving the Democrats abortion to run on was a, a very, um, I don't know, helpful thing for them uh-huh. because it's a, it, abortion's popular. If you just give Democrats this free issue to run on to uh, uh, to compare themselves and make themselves seem better than you, obviously, it's going to help mm-hmm. them quite a bit. Um, but without that, I don't know what you think their main thing would just be like, I hate trans people. That's like, their main platform. Be, I feel like they, they can't 
Yeah. Because we we know we've covered so many times that the trans rhetoric that they engage in and that they pass laws against is not popular. Mm-hmm. The only thing that conservatives have, like when people are polled by like some five thirty eight or political cult, like a like a trusted poll, is the sports thing. Mm-hmm. That's all that they got. Obviously, we disagree. You guys know that we all disagree on that. But I guess I can see where people are coming from culturally. Sure, you know what I yeah. mean. Like, okay, sure, whatever. That's the one thing they have. I. I'd be remiss to say that I think that they could successfully run campaigns based off of that issue because that what the trans stuff was the thing that they were going 2022. They were leaning in hard is that in pro-life shit yeah Yeah. and it it lost them the election insane. So I just I just can't help but wonder if Dobbs would have happened like how that would have panned out. it, It may just also prove our hypothesis that like national level a lot of people are grifting. Local level, that's they what you fucking see. believe that the real shit. Yeah. insane true believers that really just are invested in all the insane shit that conservatives do on the national level. <laughs> and this is why local elections <laughs> matter. Yes. Right, because like you'll you'll get like your average run of the mill Democrat on the I don't know uh, school board or something, and they'll just kind of continue the status quo. But if you like a conservative. <laughs> I mean, they literally believe that Trump is Jesus Christ and that um, gay people are just indoctrinating children or whatever. It's, it's crazy, man. It is yeah. crazy. That's uh, quite the story coming out of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, what are you doing? Get it together. <laughs> Tennessee's bad track record overall. Get your shit together. Moving they, on. They, Tennessee did vote to uh, uh, for abortion, right? Special in one of the elections. I think so. Yeah. I don't remember. Was, was Tennessee the one that had the confusing? I think that was Kansas. Kansas. So crazy. Either way, once it makes its way to Tennessee, I don't think we'll be proven wrong. Yeah, exactly. Abortion's popular. If it did make its way to Tennessee, it won because it's won literally every time. And if it does make its way, it'll probably win because it's won Mm -hmm. literally every time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A... A prominent topic you'll probably hear your conservative family members talk about at the dinner table is immigration. Oh, yeah. This is a certified GOP conservative classic, and it's also one, thankfully, that's very easy to debunk. God, I hope for your sake they bring up Fent. Oh, yeah. I I hope they talk about Fent, and I hope you come to the Discord and talk about it so I can hear all the fun Fent Discord. And then you can be like, yeah, I put Fent in the potatoes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's not salt. And you're fine. Fent. And you're fine. (laughs) But yeah, this is a GOP classic. They usually say something along the lines of like, there's millions flooding into our countries, which of course, uh, into our country, which of course isn't true. I think Border Patrol last year, 2022, caught 2 million people total. But Mm -hmm. that just means they caught them, not that they came into the country. Yeah. They caught like 2.2 million illegal border crossings, but that means they sent them back. Uh Not that they just let them come all the way through. And it's like, I don't know. I, I highly doubt that more, like way more than that are actually getting past border control. Of course. Especially when we have fucking draconian methods over in places like Texas with uh, buzzsaw buoys. Mm-hmm. Uh, great episode. I would suggest you go listen to that one to find out about that. But yeah, I doubt millions are flooding in and border control is catching only a tiny fraction of them. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, even less people make it through on work visas, for example. And speaking of work visas, this is the most common type of quote-unquote illegal immigration mm-hmm is simply overstaying a visa, whether intentionally or unintentionally. This is the most common. T- I think it makes up like 60% or 50% yeah. of all reasons for illegal immigration. It's just you're, you're overstaying a visa, meaning they came in legally yeah. and went through all the customs that they were supposed to to get into the country, background check, etc., to be here. And God, if they if they do bring it's up It's not like fent, they're a criminal. If they do bring up fent, you got to hit them with it. That shit flows through at regular ports of entry. Yes. You got to hit them with the, uh, the, the now classic Univision at the Fox News <laughs> second debates question of yeah half of it comes from american citizens yeah. coming through regular ports of entry like there are there are so many ways to tackle the the drug cartel one because fent is the new ms-13 folks yeah <laughs> i mean 
and you can always concede like yeah drug trafficking is an issue of course yeah uh, like i don't of, want that here a lot of americans are hooked on drugs if you want to you can even get into the, like the addiction is a disease we should treat it as a disease uh material conditions motivate mm-hmm. certain addictions that kind of thing um but if you want to just stick on the drug trafficking issue again yeah drugs uh especially fentanyl are brought in through regular ports of entry and stomping down on the southern border disproportionately won't do anything to stop drugs actually coming in it's just motivated by racism mm-hmm. that's yes. really all it is yes uh also you can always bring up that immigration statistically is a net positive for the u.s economy immigrants usually help the economy far more than they are purported to hurt it they quite literally can't take out of the They're system not in the regular means that regular u.s poor people can take out red in the states forms of yeah <laughs> yeah red states in the forms of welfare snap uh wick benefits even mm-hmm. they don't get any of that they can't collect unemployment they're vote. here illegally they can't vote they can't collect unemployment they can't get snap benefits they can't get any of the resources that we give to poor people in this country to try and maybe help them out yeah yeah and importantly uh, immigrants tend to take a lot of low-paying jobs that u.s citizens don't want to take anyways yeah now there's something to be said that that's an exploitative um circumstance it's exploitative relationship and i certainly think that's true but to the extent that immigrants immigrants themselves are hurting the u.s economy it's just not the case. In fact, more people here means more people to feed, which means more consumerism and helps the economy as a whole. Yeah. Right now, it's just not the case that immigration hurts the U.S. economy. It is a good thing. There's a leftist critique that we need to treat immigrants better, and I certainly agree mm-hmm. with that. But from the right-wing perspective, immigration is just a net positive for the U.S. Oh, yes. Simple as that. Oh, yes. Uh, we benefit from having more people here. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? On some lib shit, America was built by immigrants. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Economists agree that it's just better for everybody. Uh, Moving on to abortion. I think so. Moving on to the, really the hottest electoral issue of the last year and a half. Yeah. The hottest electoral issue, again, probably won the Democrats 2022. And an issue that, um, hasn't i guess it's it's been like pretty consistently talked about the last year or so it's been pretty consistently talked about the gop is finally after a year of mistakes like moving away from the national abortion trying to moderate rhetoric, themselves yeah. because fuck when dobbs happened they could not help themselves they got <laughs> right into saying the most heinous shit yeah oh my yeah yeah it i feel like this one this is one of the issues along with immigration that's almost guaranteed for someone to yap about oh, at yeah. Thanksgiving, like abortion and immigration are like the two things in the GOP culture war section of American politics that is just always talked about uh-huh. is these two things. Uh, and usually it'll be talked about like how abortion is murder and that's what they try to zero in on. It, let's let's do it. Let's say it like this. Okay. If, if you're at the Thanksgiving dinner table, yep, imagine yep. yourself, you, Gage yeah, Cosmonaut, that's me at the Thanksgiving dinner table and your um, conservative family member says, Gage, okay. abortion, it's murder. Oh, how do you respond? Really? Is it? Yeah. Is, is it now? I, they look I, you dead in the eyes they look and they me say, dead abortion's in the They murder. lock me down. They just, hands on the table, fist yeah. comes down right there, pounding. Yeah. All the silverware rattles. Like, Abor- oh, you're- abortion <laughs> is murder. <laughs> they look at you and they, they one up this. They say, you're angry that kids are dying in Gaza. <laughs> 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 Why aren't you angry? about kids being aborted in the United States. Go. What's your answer? Well, I would say, I, I would start right off the bat that if you truly do think that abortion is murder and you want to do things that would reduce uh, one, murder overall and abortions, you would advocate for better access to contraceptives, uh, uh-huh. uh, better sex education mm-hmm. uh, for, for kids so that they understand when, one, bad things are happening to them and how to get out of these situations mm-hmm. because those two things, when kids understand sex, how to navigate sexual situations and are generally educated and have access to contraceptives so that they can stop themselves from getting pregnant 
you'll have less abortions. Mm -hmm. Because what? Like the majority of abortions happen because people don't have a good economic outlook. Yeah. They can't they, – they realize like, whoa, the math is not adding up here. I don't have the bread to be able to support a kid. Yeah. I can't, I frankly can't do this right now. Or I, I, can't, I, I can't afford contraceptive. I can't afford to do all this, but people are going to fuck anyway. That's never something you can take yeah. off the table because that's one of the things they're going to hit you with, right? Back to, well, well, they shouldn't be having sex. If they're going to engage in sex, they should be ready for the consequences. Or let's just use contraceptive. Or yeah, maybe we can make it easier for people to do what they're going to do anyway exactly. and not get pregnant and therefore not have to murder a child in, as you think. In like the history of human existence, you have literally never been able to stop people from having sex. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen if we are to continue. It's a fact of nature. Uh, it's just a reality <laughs> of the world that we live in. Also, I, I mean, I would say like, I, I don't really know that you can convince somebody that abortion isn't murder if they no. believe it's murder because it's usually more of a, um, a philosophical issue that they are a philosophical thing that they're going to take issue with. So it's probably just best to focus in my opinion on bodily autonomy, that part yes. of the equation. And it's simple, really our argument. We've repeated it thousands of times at this point. Uh, the government shouldn't be allowed to tell you to do with your, shouldn't be able to tell you what to do with your body's biological resources. And I've yet to hear a convincing argument from a conservative to refute this idea yeah. that isn't just like pro authoritarianism. Cause like if you were, if you were in a car, crash and you were at fault for that car crash uh -huh. the person that you uh, functionally put in a, a very bad circumstances in the hospital and they need i don't know they they need your kidney mm -hmm. to survive should you have to give up that kidney even though it was a result of your actions yeah they, they, they need the kidney they only had one before the oh, car crash you got them you wrecked their one kidney they had you do you have can the state say you yeah. have to give up this kidney because this is this is what you did? Yeah, we we do not allow any government not for punishment of a crime or otherwise to use your organs in a way that you don't consent to. Yeah. Pregnancy should not be any different. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see any reason to discriminate on the basis of pregnancy. And if a government anywhere in the world does this, uses your organs without That's uses the organs crazy. of its citizens in ways that they don't consent to, then we would call it immoral because it would be. Uh -huh. And again, pregnancy should not be any different. Even if you caused it intentionally, the government should not be able to tell you what to do about it. Yeah. It, it's as simple as that. And God, even if they want to talk about these like six week, these heartbeat bills, a heartbeat, heartbeat, that's such a, that's a virtue signal. <laughs> At six weeks, there is no heart. There's yeah. a little bit of an electrical activity, so a pacemaker activity. There's not a beating heart going on. And mm -hmm. besides, there are plenty of situations that we as a society accept to uh, kill someone, for lack of a better term, despite their heart still beating, like a brain-dead patient in a vegetative state laying mm -hmm. on a hospital bed. We think it's fully fine to pull the plug on them because we recognize, like, they're no coming back here. Yeah. And this is also beside the fact that it's, like, I, I cannot say that... Though that small clump of cells, because we're all clumps of cells, as yeah. they like to say, that small clumps of cells has a conscience and can really be encroached upon yeah. and experience that harm. If they really want to argue, like if you and if you want to argue that on the um the it's literally murder point, this is a person. Uh, my hair has human DNA. Uh -huh. Did I just murder a bunch of uh parts of myself when I got a haircut? Yeah, my a few stem days ago? cells have the potential to be differentiated into yeah. a germ line. Like, come on, tons of things have human DNA that we don't treat uh, or that we wouldn't treat to the same extent that they want us to treat a clump of human cells at the beginning of a pregnancy. Just just because just because a, a the 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 germ line even has the potential to differentiate into a fully actualized human human being as we understand it and as we interact with them doesn't mean that it 
should be allocated personhood. Yeah, yeah. And that's for and the it, philosophy nerds out there. And it can never supersede bodily autonomy. Uh -huh. like that is the basis of freedom in society is that you have a choice as to what you would do with your own body's resources and yeah. what, what you'll do with your own body. It's the reason that we allow people to get tattoos is the reason we allow them to do whatever they want with their body mm -hmm. is because we don't want a government because we recognize it'd be authoritarianism. We wouldn't want a government to infringe upon those rights like that. It's the basis for freedom in our society. And this is beside the fact that First trimester abortions, 93% yes, of them. Yes. Second trimester abortions, 6%. And that's already like a crazy fucking fall off yeah. for the second trimester. Third trimester, less than 1%, almost in every circumstance for the purpose of saving the mother yeah. for life of the mother or the baby's already dead or say maybe uh, like just things are going wrong mm -hmm. and it's not a viable pregnancy. Third trimester abortions functionally don't happen because someone just said, I'm not, I'm not with this anymore. I'm yeah. not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when a third trimester abortion does happen, it's just like, again, yeah, it's, it's out of necessity. And those people usually plan to have that child. Mm -hmm. It's already a traumatic experience. Why would we muddy the works with more red tape that I thought conservatives were supposed to hate. I'm saying. Government red <laughs> yeah, tape. Yeah, fucking bureaucracy. I thought doctors <laughs> should be doctors. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so if, if you encounter any abortion arguments, I hope that uh, that gets you through it. Hopefully. And, you know, sometimes I'll see people like Ben Shapiro say, like, oh, personhood is, is something we've already found a conclusion for. We know what the answer is. We know when personhood begins. No, the fuck we don't. Yeah, what this the fuck? This is, like, one of the biggest philo philosophical questions we've been asking for hundreds of years. I don't even There's think, no answer. Like, I wasn't conscious until I was, like, three years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, you're going to tell me that personhood's been figured out? We know God. when a person is a person? Of course we don't. Of course not. That's so good. Love Ben Shapiro. Uh, moving on to, I think, our last holiday pregame topic. Yes. This Trump and Biden. Big one. Trump versus Biden. Again, mm. last Thanksgiving holiday pregame before the general. The next one's going to come right after. And boy, are we going to have a mm -hmm. boy, is that going to be a discussion? But we'll save that for this time next year. Yeah, uh, uh, you will definitely get some kind of like if, if you're going to engage in politics to any extent, right, regardless mm. of the specific topics we have covered. Engaging in politics at all will undeniably net you at least one comment from a conservative family member yes. that things were better under Donald Trump. Bidenomics whether, in whether, any way, shape, or yeah, form. Whether they're talking about the economy or other social issues, they will say things were better under Donald Trump. And focusing on economic issues first, of course, uh, a lot of Trump's quote-unquote good economy just rode on the coattails of Obama's oh economic God, recovery. Started. And to the extent that the economy was better than it was today, uh, it was fucked up because of Trump's pandemic response. Uh, and like, sure, the economy was going to be hurt anyway. A pandemic's bad for the global economy. Yeah, I, I don't argue that, but, but he could have handled it better. He could have done things better. He could have handled it better. Uh, and if it was inevitable anyway, I don't see how you can blame Joe Biden for it. Someone exactly. who took office after the pandemic had already begun. And, and, and it's also the fact that there are a myriad of things that Trump did before the pandemic happened that functioned to worsen uh, yeah. the economic effects of what COVID, a international pandemic was going to do to the economy uh we can get into it one of the biggest things he do, did was cut taxes for the rich which yes. never helps the economy long term but oh oh wait head in the office jeremy engage what about the tax cuts for the middle class what about my tax cuts mm -hmm. well those i regret to inform you all go away in 2025. They are set to sunset in two years unless some administration decides to put an extension in but you know what was set to stay mm-hmm 
the tax cuts for the rich. The t- most importantly, the tax cuts for not you or yes. me. Yes. The tax cuts for people that we will never have the disprivilege of interacting with. And the tax cuts for corporations who were the real winners when they got a 14% reduction in their tax rate from 35% to 21%. That's a crazy drop. That's a nutty cut. Uh-huh. Like, it, damn near, it's not like 50%, damn near like 40% cut. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, in no, taxes, they barely pay anyway? Uh, and keep in mind, Joe Biden was the one, and Democrats were the ones to vote for a minimum corporate tax rate of 15% flat. Uh-huh. So if you are even, if you're just focusing in on the one topic of corporations paying their fair share after profiting immensely during the pandemic and off the back of the working class, Democrats and Joe Biden got it better than Trump do. Absolutely. On that one topic at the very least. 100%. Undeniably. Right Huge topic too. Yeah. That's about you and me, baby. Come mm-hmm. on. Come on. What's but, going right, on? That, that's about funding social security that your old conservative family member probably benefits from. Uh-huh. That they need. Yes. Literally need. Yes. And either way, if whoever you're arguing with is a, uh, say, deficit nerd, mm. you better make sure to mention how these tax cuts had a large hand and creating Trump's already record pre-COVID deficit despite promises that the economic growth that never actually panned out from the Tax Cuts and Job Act would be able to pay down the deficit. One of his biggest campaign promises. Bro campaigned on making Mexico pay for a border wall Mm -hmm. and cutting down the deficit because he's a businessman. We need a businessman in office, even though this is pretty much how he ran his businesses Mm -hmm. as we're finding out anyway. But that's a conversation for another time. Another cornerstone of Trump's economic policy was his trade war with China and the blowback <laughs> that that caused. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> I mean, if we're arguing with conservatives, I got I got to play to my audience. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, and I expect you all to as well. A 2019 study by Moody Analytics estimated that the trade war Trump claimed would be easily won and bring in revenue to pay down the deficit ended up costing 300,000 jobs and 0.3% of real GDP conservatively. Uh-huh. Other sources estimate it brought down, like, uh, it costed about 0.7% of GDP. Okay. To put this in context, I couldn't find exactly what it was, but we covered, like, some uh, recessionary things that happened in 2020, right? Okay. After the IRA and I they build back better and all of that shit that happened. And the the accusations levied at Biden were that were that he cut the GDP real GDP growth by 0.1%. Mm-hmm. Here Trump is 0.3 conservatively. That's a pretty bad thing that goes on. Research from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and Columbia University estimated that US companies lost 1.7 trillion dollars <laughs> from the fall in their stocks as a result of tariffs against China, tariffs which the Brookings Institute estimates US companies paid for, not necessarily China. What a surprise. And you know when US companies pay for things, they don't pay shit. We do. Yeah, yeah. It's always they socialize us their losses because yeah. you U.S. corporations accepted lower profit margins. American workers, in terms, had to accept cut wages and jobs. And again, when corporations have to accept lower profit margins, they don't. Yeah. That creates inflation. They raise their prices to maintain profits so that their shareholders are happy because they have a, say it with me, fiduciary <laughs> responsibility to do so. And Literally you know, a law. Notably, uh, this is actually something that Marx talked about hundreds of years, uh, 150 years ago at this point. He noted that sometimes because of a crisis, either external to the country or internal, 
sometimes there will be a tendency for the rate of profit to decline. Yes. And rather than taking a loss in profit or taking a large loss in profit, the business owner, because they have control over the means of production, mm -hmm. will socialize that loss and force the workers out of employment. He said this is one of the crises endemic to capitalism, uh, and that is exactly what happened. If you wanted some uh, a Marxist take on the yeah, solution, some, on the situation. Some theory that you could spit yeah. out there at the, at the dinner this table. Is just a thing that happens in capitalism. Exactly. When profit goes down, the corporations make it so the workers have to pay the cost. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm going to assume you, you, you may be arguing with either an insufferable college-educated conservative or more likely a blue-collar worker who supports Trump. Let me put it in terms of some of the most blue-collar workers in America. A spokesperson for the American Farm Bureau said, quote, farmers have lost the vast majority of what was once a $24 billion market in China, end quote, as a result of China's <laughs> retaliation towards the Chinese tariffs. Farmers were overall devastated by the trade war, <laughs> many of them going bankrupt. And Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just something Trump did, right? This is just something that he did, and the 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 whole the whole gist of his trade war with China was that one, it's it, it was the trade war with China and the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was going to create economic growth that would help us pay down the deficit. Something he fucking lied about, and something that it did not do. How would that ever and help us pay down the, the deficit? The trade We're money war away. with China was supposed to be able to renegotiate deals with them to again get more money so that China would pay down the deficit, like how water flows super easily super easily uh -huh. won and they'd get it we'd make them pay for it with tariffs but no we suffered because of yeah. that we suffered and that was all made so much worse by covid because again critical supply chains are in china yeah and he kind of fucked them up yeah he, he hurt small businesses by doing that yeah i don't know uh it seems like trump wasn't very good for the economy at all uh, and is bad on every other social issue yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and it's funny because like much how like how he wanted uh, Mexico to pay for the wall, he wanted China to pay for the deficit, and we ended up paying for them. We, mm -hmm. the American workers and taxpayers, ended up paying for this guy's I don't know at this point vanity projects. Mm -hmm. God damn, man! Just something to keep in mind. And we can even go over a couple of um, Biden policies that, while imperfect, yes, while they miss the mark of what we want to see as leftists, have certainly helped the economy. The Inflation Reduction Act is one obviously subsidized and. And offered tax credits for energy and healthcare costs. There was investments in clean energy, allowed Medicare to negotiate drug prices, something the Republicans were against, funding to the IRS, which is good for collecting taxes. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned before, minimum 15% corporate tax, all good things. Uh, all things that help the American working class, at least to some extent. There was the infrastructure bill, which passed a while ago. This one was bipartisan, sort of. There were still all the Democrats voted for it, like half the Republicans voted for it. Yeah. So if you can call that bipartisan, then whatever. Investments in clean water, Internet services, funding for public transportation, funding for the EPA. Uh, and there was also, of course, an attempted student debt cancellation. And if your conservative family member cares about you. Uh, and you're you have been a college student, they should care about this, too. Absolutely. Uh, because at the very least, even if conservatives think that student debt cancellation is unfair or it shouldn't happen because students are just greedy or whatever, at the very least, economically, it would have made more room for students or people that have graduated to spend more money because they wouldn't have to be spending money on debt repayments. Yes. At the very least, it helps the economy grow. Even if you disagree that students deserve any relief at all, at the very least, students have more money to spend, which helps the U.S. economy grow. Let, it's that It's that simple. Let me be the first to tell you, I don't necessarily like corporations, but mm -hmm. I would rather, I don't know, Walmart get that money than Sally Mae. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Especially because if if you have people in debt in, a, in an economy that runs on people spending money, again, they, they have to be servicing that debt. They can't necessarily be spending money on consumerism, which helps the economy grow. Yeah. But uh, beyond that, it just long term acts as this massive shackle that stunts our growth for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. And if you care about the economy growing, then you would want that shackle to be removed or lessened to some degree, which is what Biden attempted to do. And he was stopped. Do He was stopped from doing that by a conservative Supreme Court that was appointed by Donald Trump. Yes. It's as simple as that. Yes. Like, again, if they don't like the morals behind it, if they think students are stupid and greedy and indoctrinated liberals, fine, whatever. But if the economy is their concern, then this would have helped the economy. And that's that's what we got. It's to as say simple on as that. that. One. It's it, as simple it, as that. Truly, as simple as that. You know, if all else fails, just uh, hijack the speaker and play this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Just replay this all for them. Just just start playing this on Thanksgiving. Gather, oh, gather around, gather around, and you can just pause it and be like, debunk this. <laughs> <laughs> pause it at, at specific moments and be like, all right, what do you have to say? Come, the the good hit listener will have come and made timestamps mm-hmm. that they can then refer to as debunk this. Yeah, just pull up your notepad as you're playing it. <laughs> Pull up your annotated version of Mein Kampf <laughs> that you have in And make sure to shake your head while you're reading it so that yeah. they all know that you disagree and look at him. No. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> Anyways, I think that brings us to the end of this holiday pregame installment. Yes. Part four, holiday pregame. I think we've we've covered a broad range of topics. If you think we missed anything, sound off in the comments. We, offer your own takes. We've covered most everything. I would say the the only thing that we didn't hit on in this series, the indictment news, mm-hmm. like the Trump indictment, True. weaponization of the DOJ. I guess the quick and dirty in that is uh, all of Trump's guys are turning against him. Yeah. Defend that. <laughs> defend that Rudy Giuliani got disbarred yeah like the, the but we also covered the election lie stuff last year mm-hmm. you could refer to that episode but on the weaponization of the DOJ that's that's a tough one yeah I wanted to I wanted to try to focus on like economic things with Trump versus Biden here just because like that's the main thing people think about right that's like what voters I was thinking voters are motivated by economic issues more than anything else and that of course makes sense but yeah if you want to hit uh Trump on other things on top of his bad economic uh-huh. policies you can always say like yeah bro's going to jail he's fucked <laughs> yeah right he's now. and he's he tried to steal the election absolutely fucked and I, I'd also be remiss to say that I don't know that much about the uh I think the most damning one is his New York and Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about that one too much about how he's like overestimated his assets and lied on like credit reports and shit like yeah. that. But it looks like bros fucked for that. But what we have talked about is the Maricopa County case yeah. where you can just straight up say Sidney Plowell got on testified under yeah. threat of perjury that yeah they fucking they stole data yeah and they, <laughs> they were, stole data did you see there was another video that leaked of her like no. being uh was it deposed people just asking her questions dude hell yeah and she's just basically being like yeah motherfuckers told him that he lost the election and we just kept going <laughs> and it's like sick there you go that, like, that, <laughs> like, you what go. else do you need at that point right <laughs> like bro is cooked if not before the election or if not before the primary then sometime during the general election if any of these trials take place before uh-huh. the general election I don't know how you get out of that. You can also hit him with the, um, he literally showed maps of sensitive sensitive military (laughs) secrets to just any fucking journalist who would listen. Uh He uh, stole a bunch of documents, but I do think that this is one of the least winningest arguments that you can have. It's one of the... um the lesser ones, even though like it is important, <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just showing any journalist you can find um, highly classified military secrets isn't a great <laughs> look, but I think the other ones do have a lot more substantial evidence behind them, especially because his own people that were on TV being his own people are, oh, yeah. are coming out against him. And man, 
Well, I, I I can't think of anything else. Well, that's got to be the quick and dirty of this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got to be. Been lots going on. Uh, and uh, I've been lodged going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that we offered you a comprehensive overview of things that you might hear at the dinner table this holiday season. And just some of the myriad rhetorical strategies that you can employ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's lots of options. There's lots, a lot of, of options. Lots of tools in your arsenal. It's like a choose your own adventure. It really is. <laughs> it really just, is. We have timestamps ready for each point in your conversation. I got to use the bathroom. What did Hiddo say? What did Hiddo say? What the fuck did these idiots say? Exactly. Uh, and if you good. if you want to send off any con- in the comments with any tips that you have for dealing with conservative family members this, this holiday season, go ahead and do it. You More know, than it's welcome the to. community. In, in fact, you're encouraged. You're our equals. Yes. You're our friends. <laughs> you're our friends. This is a democracy, guys. Come exactly. on now. Everything we do, we do it for you. Exactly. And, and we do it for these people. These people, these people are special friends who we're going to give a special thanks to. I'd like to say thank you to Caden Kraut. Lord Tal the Radiant, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, 40% Spite, Dylan B., Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T., Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mayer-Maldonado, Hunter W., Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Conlin Cuts, Gregory Isn't My Name, Veryuk, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishin, Beneth Bennington III, Alexia Benanti, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Shea, Cucker Tarlson, Danielle Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Sines, Aaron and His Gundam Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, Ellie N, Don Glover, Devin Hatcher, Don Retro, Glover. Don, he fucked fuck, it up. He fucked it up. Fuck. Oh my God. John Glover, my friend, I'm so sorry. Devin Hatcher, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion. Emma the Dootslayer, Claire McMillan, Breezy B, Veronica, a.k.a. V, Raxon, Ash Smith, The Grottler, Magic Ian 95, Flower Clown, Beetlebugs, Three Crows in a Trench Coat, Lonnie Rogers, Slavic and Sapphic, Casey Lynn Kelly, Snake Eyes, and Hope of Giants, a.k.a. Gone, Aquana Don, Zach Lantian, Info Russell, Austin Greif, Marcus Corbett, Caleb Roper, Taylor Rensock, Ishi Teddy, Cami, Calliope, uh, Reagan, not like oh. the president. That's crazy. Pagan Jester, Tylen Freeman, Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C, Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, Anna Valenic, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, Say Yes to West, August, Natalie Valinsky, Particular Pikmin, Sir Capalot, Jeff Signs, Howard the Duck, Brennan is Egg, JR, Drew Batchilder, Froggy Gumdrop, Evan Malika, Zen doing their best. Zen doing their best. Damn, oh my God. Getting everybody I'm just today. Dropping the ball. Getting everybody uh, today. Jackie Boy, Shameless, Coherent Babbles, Naomi Valentine, Nikki Nine Live, Sasha, MJ is Sharp, Michaela Muncy, and my mom. Thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon. If I said anyone named, anyone's name wrong, damn. Hit us if up. I said anyone, damn. It's, it's probably because I read all of Osama bin Laden's letter before coming on. <laughs> it's probably and I, I just, got radicalized I before I feel like this. The, the wool was taken off my eyes <laughs> and I finally see the world for what it is and I just can't read I, I shed a tear. Yeah. I shed a tear. I like, nodded my head while reading to let everyone know I agree. <laughs> I'm just emotionally shaken to my core by what Osama bin Laden had to say in his letter. I'm not a fed. I'm not, I promise, guys. Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening, and we hope you have a, a good holiday week if you're celebrating exactly. anything, and we hope that you're prepared. And remember what you're grateful for. Yeah. Head in the office. Exactly. Uh, and we want you to write your letter to America about how great head in the office <laughs> is. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.